Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Is there anything I need to know? There's a virgin sacrifice at the end of the interview, but you have to watch it. You don't have to participate. So it should be fine. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, extreme sports enthusiast and comedian, Maggie Ferris. Hailing from Minnesota, Maggie won the funniest clip of the year and the Silver Nail Award at the Aspen Comedy Festival. What up? That's a hard festival. Curve Magazine named Maggie Ferris one of the funniest lesbians in America. Another competition win made Maggie the public address... Ad- oh, Kate, learn how to talk. The public address announcer from this for the St. Paul Saints professional baseball team, What Up?, which led to an appearance on ESPN2's Cold pizza for her unique style and memorable announcements. She was also voted best comedian by her Minnesota peers and won the advocate magazine's national search for the next funniest queer comedian. Y'all don't have any of those awards. That is impressive as hell. I better know Maggie for meeting her right now in real time and having had the privilege to watch her stand up before this. So Maggie, tell us which extreme sports are your favorite. Why did you choose comedy? How stoked are you for your album release? Tell us all the things. Oh man, I, um, okay. I love all the extreme sports. There are a few that I won't participate in because they're just too extreme. Like, um, and I'm 50. Okay. But I will still get on a skateboard every once in a while. That's awesome. Yes. And I, mostly I like to watch and stuff, but like, you know, those guys who like jump off of cliffs and they wear like a wingsuit and they like glide really far. I won't do that. Okay. Okay. no, like, no, I got to know everything. Okay. Those guys die. So yeah, 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 I only go to a certain degree, you know. Okay. I like to, I'm going to skateboard. It needs to be on a very flat surface with no holes, <laughs> you know, like a nice cement pad. Um, I, I And then I do jokes about extreme sports too that are just crazy. Like I like to play extreme chess. This is just a joke. <laughs> I like to play extreme chess where it's not like regular chess. You just walking down the street and you pick someone out at random and you just, you punch them in the face and you say, checkmate, bitch. And then if you stay alive, you win. <laughs> Wait, I have to know, was it because, did you grow up in Minnesota? You have the accent. So it sounds like yeah, yeah. you oh, did. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So was it because of the cold winters? You're like, fuck it. I'm going to do all the scary stuff. Well, I used to do all the cold weather stuff too, like ski and snowboard and snowmobiling and all that stuff. So I like to get out there whenever, you know, and that's, I mean, if you live here, you have to, there's, they try to do a lot of fun stuff in the winter just to make it halfway palatable because it's so cold. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll do whatever. I just like to play. I like to get out there and I like to do stuff. So did someone introduce you? We'll eventually talk about your comedy. That is, and we'll get there. But like, did someone introduce you to extreme sports? Like what was the like connect? You know what? I I had, no, I just loved it as a kid. Even as a kid, I had a subscription to Thrasher magazine, but I was so embarrassed by being a girl and liking Thrasher that I, I changed, I put Mark on the subscription. Bless your heart. Scared. I didn't think that girls could um, do that when I was little because it was only boys doing that. But so I, 
I mean, I just loved like surfing. I used to get surfing magazines and I live in Minnesota, but I always wanted to be a surfer so bad. And um, I don't, I've just always liked that stuff. Okay. And, you know, I did a lot of skiing and that kind of crazy crap too. Okay. What are you best at of all the extreme sports? Mm, I don't, is skiing an extreme sport? Yeah, I think so. You can die doing it. Yeah. Probably that. I mean, I honestly, I haven't skied in like 20 years, but when I was in like high school, I used to like compete at national level and stuff like that. And oh yeah, it was silly. It was very involved. Wow. Did you ever fall like crazy? Sure. Oh my gosh. One time I went to the junior Olympics in um, New York, like Lake Placid where they had the regular Olympics and they had the downhill, which is the really fast one, you know? And it, it was so steep that when you stood on the hill, like you're just standing, like standing up. You're if you put your arm out, you would touch the hill. Like that's how steep it was, and it was just a sheet of ice. No, ma'am. And I was petrified that I was going to fall because I wasn't used to conditions like that. And so, of course, I fell. And you just slide forever and ever and ever. And they have these like giant orange nets that sort of catch you from falling into a tree or falling off the side of a mountain. Yeah, no, it was stupid. Really, it oh, was okay. Not smart. <laughs> Okay, so do you have a family that worries about you because you're still competing in extreme sports or do you just like, who cares? Uh, we're all old now. Nobody okay. cares. <laughs> okay, and so I can say, I mean, shit, comedy is kind of an extreme sport. It's intense as hell and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot riding on it as far as your ego and emotions. So what, Wait a yeah, mm. w was that an easy transition of like, I'm a junior Olympics, uh, I'm going to go to comedy? Like, what was that? No, I mean, I... <laughs> I probably, I think I started comedy when I was like 27 and I quit ski racing when I was like 19, 18, 19. So it was probably, it was probably a good decade before I started comedy, but yeah, I must've needed something intense in my life and <laughs> must've been missing out for a decade. So shove that on in there. Who, uh, who, what, what made you, were you watching like comedy specials and you were thinking, I want to do that. I had always watched and been a big fan of comedy and um, but I never ever really thought about doing it. And then my sister was waitressing at a comedy club. And so I would go down there and kind of hang out and watch shows. And then it kind of, the bug kind of bit me. And I was like, I think I could do that. And so, of course, I tried three minute open mic Monday night Acme comedy. And I I bit it so hard that <laughs> like not only did I not get any laughs, I got groans. You no. know, it was oh, it was so ugly. It was the worst. <laughs> and it literally took me six months to try again. That's real. Yeah. That's oh, real. Oh yeah. <laughs> I cried for like an hour afterwards. It was so bad. I <sighs> thought for sure I was just gonna like murder and be a star. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just it was terrible. Do you remember any of your jokes from that set? Yes. I, I knew it. I knew you would. You got to tell us. I was telling my girlfriend this the other day is that one of them was like, I'm an ambidextrous lesbian. I like to play softball and so. <laughs> It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Like, I'm turning red just saying it out loud. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> and I did, I did like a whole, a whole gay set and it, it went so poorly that it, it literally took me years to talk about gay stuff again. Then I just started oh. to joke about like stuff that I saw or, or just non issues, you know, just goofy crap. But it took me so long to come back around and be like, okay, maybe I can slip some personal things in there. Maybe I can talk about who I am and stuff. But yeah, it took forever just because that set went so bad. Yeah, it's sort of that thing they don't ever talk about is like everyone says, oh, you bomb in the beginning, but they don't talk about the specifics of like, especially if you're 
you know, I, I don't know what year you started, but if you're, you know, you started probably before it was 99. So it wasn't exactly like we were coming around on the like acceptance thing, but we're still not anywhere near as good as we could be. Right. And that was 23 years ago. Like back then it was white dudes. That's it. Yeah. White dudes and a couple of pretty girls. They could be in there too. That was it. And it was never talking about, you know, it was straight things and it was, yeah, that's a, yep. that, there's a trauma around that, but like, good for you for eventually dipping your toe back. When did you, when were you like, yeah. all right, I'm ready now. Screw it. I'm going to. Uh, I think I started, God, if I've been doing a 22, I probably started, you know, maybe seven years in seven to 10 years in started wow. talking about it again. Yeah, it took oh, me a long, it's a long time. time. Yeah. Talk about anything personal, really. Yeah, I didn't talk about anything personal. I just talked about like that car's funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, just dumb stuff. Did you, I mean, it was still good jokes, but it wasn't personal at all. Was there? Did you? Yeah, I was gonna say. Did you feel like once you finally were like, "Oh, I'm gonna start talking about me and getting honest"? Was there like a different feeling when you'd go on stage? I mean, it's a scarier, I bet, but. I definitely feel like more of a connection with the audience now, you know, for sure. I feel like they know me better. You know, it's not just, oh, she's funny. It's, oh, we know her and she's funny, you know. So get us up to today. You have an album coming out. Tell us about the title. How'd you come up with that? The title is called Tougher Than a Honeybee. And I do I do this joke where I um, my wife at the time was asking me to kill she was like, ah, there's a bee. And she was scared. And she was like, help. And uh, I pretended that I was going to punch it. Right. And I just sort of like tucked and rolled and whatever you even call these moves. And so when I went to punch it, I actually connected and killed it. And so I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And then there's all these people that get mad because you're not supposed to kill honeybees. You know, we have a pollinator garden where, and then I say, well, that's just, it's probably, it was a murder hornet coming to rape our dogs. I'm a hero. And then, um, yeah, yeah. So, and then I weave little bee things in through the album. So I just thought tougher than a honeybee sounds fun and it's yes. unique. And yeah, so that's the best that's story. I got it. Yeah, that's great. Okay. I actually, I was surprised that I killed it. Number one. Number two, I worked, I'm a huge crazy. There's a thing in Minnesota called the Minnesota State Fair, and I'm crazy for the Minnesota State Fair. And I worked, at, it's 12 days long at the end of the summer, right? And I worked at the French fry booth for uh, 12 days as a 50-year-old lady, and I was exhausted. But there was one point I was just, you know, serving people fries and these girls are like dancing around and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, there's a bee. And I literally went kablam on the counter and just killed it with my hand. And everybody was like, what? And I was like, not the French fry booth, bee. And I was surprised myself that I killed it as well that time too it's so funny that was too late to go on the album (laughs) well and it's your voice is so like demure and like sweet and then you're talking about extreme sports and punching bees in the face it's a nice juxtaposition i wish people could see you (laughs) You i'm an ambidextrous lesbian i'm trying to be soft and yet i'm so soft and sweet yes (laughs) the joke that keeps on giving (laughs) see it wasn't bad you didn't bomb you just had the wrong audience okay Uh, yeah I don't even, I couldn't even tell that joke today. Oh, fuck them. What? Who cares? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, at the end, we'll give out your socials and everything, but are you about to go on tour for the album recording and everything? Or are you, what's your deal with that? I have a lot of stuff booked here in town. And then I have um, some stuff. I, I really, my, my whole thing right now is as close to home as possible. So I really don't travel far. I for sure just do the Midwest right now, you know, and, um, 
but I'll I'll go if there's good money I go further. So actually I'm doing Tennessee. There's a room in Tennessee I'm doing, but um, yeah, I try to stay as close to home as possible. And if I'm getting paid, it works for me. I'm happy. Agreed. Do a lot for money. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So it's not like an organized tour. I am having like an album release party, oh. but it's not like a tour. You okay. Know? Uh, that's amazing. Well, a mazel on that. That's so great. Okay, folks, we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. We are back. Okay, now it's time for the entrees. Okay, Maggie, the way this works is this is everybody's favorite part. Lots of questions, lots of story opportunities. Feel free to uh, riff, go off, do your thing. You seem to understand the assignment so far, so I trust that you'll understand this bit. Okay, what was your first job ever where the government was taking taxes out? So now you could say babysitting paper out, whatever, but like you're nodding. And you Minnesota folks work your asses off. So I know you had a job. Oh, yeah. No, I was I was one of those kids that your parents made you get out and work at 15. I had a job and um, I worked at McDonald's for my first job all summer long. I think I made like four hundred dollars over the whole summer and uh, I worked all the time. And it was it was awful. It was bad. The thing that I always bring up, I wish I'm so grateful that you've worked in fast food because I've only had one other person that has. And oh, really? Yeah. What, like, the repetition, didn't that make you want to shove a stake in your temple? I think more than the repetition was the speed at which they expected you to go. You know, you'd have these lines of people and just this these angry glares like, I want cheeseburger, you know, just... <laughs> And you couldn't go fast enough, you know, and especially when you're learning, you're like trying to find the buttons on the register and then they make the wrong thing. So you don't have it out in time. And just people were so crabby and mad. The management was crabby and mad. The other workers were crabby and mad. And I'm just this young kid. But I'm trying. I don't know. You know, and I wasn't like I wasn't old enough to just like stand up for myself and be like, shut up. I'm doing my job, you know, like calm down. Yeah. But, uh, so I got pushed out around a lot, but I just did it. I showed up on time. I did my work. And you know, when they're, when you're the lowest guy there, they make you like clean the bathrooms and clean the toilets and do all the gross crap. Brutal. Okay. So you, you did that for one summer, one summer. Yep. Okay. And you were 15. 15. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Okay. Um, what'd you do the following summer? Did you work the summer after that? Yeah, I did. I worked at these festivals around the Twin Cities hauling garbage. <laughs> I just would take the full garbages and I'd put them in a cart and haul them to the dumpsters that they had and then go re, you know, put new liners in them. I got to say, though, for the limited interaction you'd have to have with humans, it's kind of a great yeah. job. I mean, garbage is hard, but like a little, stinky, a little stinky, but yeah. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anyone. Yeah. What's you know, people ask questions like, where's this? Where's that? But and I'd be like, oh, I don't have to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you ever see anything weird in any of the garbage? Oh, man. <laughs> No, I mean, there was a lot of like people would sneak in, you know, booze bottles and stuff like that. But I don't think there was anything untoward in any of the areas. I see a lot weirder crap at my job now, for sure. Oh, please elaborate. What do you do now? Well, I work for a certain Department of Transportation in a certain state that I can't name legally, Mm -hmm. but it's this one. But um, (laughs) I... 
Oftentimes, I have to pick up all the garbage on the side of the highway, on the shoulders, and we pick up roadkill. We find, oh, you wouldn't believe the things we found. I have found guns. I have found dildos. I have found human feces, uh, dead animals. Um, it's The list goes on and on. I found a giant Ziploc of weed once, a whole nice. gallon-sized Ziploc of weed. Yep. Um, what else have I found? Oh, I found iPads and phones and things like that. The first time I found I found a phone, I tried to return it to the rightful owner and I brought it to the phone store. And um, the guys behind the desk were like, oh yeah, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. And then I was like, no, they just stole it. So I never did that again. Oh, that feels like shit. Yeah. Okay. I tried to, I would try to contact them directly and get it back. But if I couldn't do that, Gun. What do you do uh, with the gun? Did you have to take it to the cops? The gun I didn't touch. Yeah, you have to call the cops. We find like explosive devices. There was one area. This is this happened like two weeks ago that they found body parts in trash bags. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Wasn't at my shop, but it was across the city. And they, yeah, on the shoulder, just body parts in trash bags. Oh, uh, I would assume that was probably murder that they had. To- well, I'm, I'm going to assume that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wow. Unless you could cut your leg off and put it in a bag. I don't think people do that, though. I mean, That's look, a lot of pain. people are weird. You never know, though. You don't know. You never know. You don't know. You don't. Okay. You don't want to see Nope. No one. I let everybody have space to be who they are. Um, yep. How many customer service jobs have you had total? Because I count kind of what you're doing. Like, I count that kind of as customer service because you're dealing with byproducts of the customers. But I would imagine, unless sure. you get yelled at from the road, which you probably do, but do you have to, like... I bet, I mean, because in my 20s, I had a billion different jobs, you know, and I probably have had 20 different jobs with customer service experience. Okay. Like, dealing with customers. Okay. Which was your favorite sure. of all of the... And you can't say comedy, because I think comedy is a version of customer service, but don't say that. Of all of the sure. jobs, which was your favorite? Uh, I think when I was a dog walker, like, talking to the owners of walking dogs and stuff. I used to, I used to pick up like 10 different dogs, put them in my tiny car, take them to the off leash dog park, run them around for an hour and then drive them all home. But I always, always, you know, dealt with their parents. I don't know. What do you call them? Owners? Yeah. Dog moms, dog dads. But they were always so excited because that's a fun thing, you know? Oh, you're taking the dog. Yay. Oh, it's about the dog. It's fun. And so nobody was ever upset or I had one dog one time that just did not want to go and would run and hide and stuff. But even those people weren't like mad. They're like, I just don't think it's a good fit. And I was like, I don't either. So, you know, there was never any issues, problems. Okay. So you did, how long were you a dog walker? I walked dogs for three years on my own. And then I was actually a dog nanny for one guy and his three dogs for three years. Oh, wow. Uh, Which is better, nanny or walker? nanny why don't tell the guy but it was so easy i would take a nap i would drive <laughs> the dogs around and run errands and oh, it was easy yeah you get to live your life okay and were you doing that to supplement comedy at the time yeah yeah like i still have a day job yeah that's the reality of being Just an artist for the benefits for health insurance and stuff like that but my job's easy you know i plow the snow in the winter and then pick up stuff on the side of the road in the summer pick up guns and phones and you know. yeah, and weed uh you sounds oh like gosh. sounds All like a party <laughs> okay we find, 
We'd like broken furniture and mattresses and stuff always fall off people's trucks. So we're always picking up stuff like that. Sheets of plywood, just all kinds of tools, whatever. Weird stuff. There's always weird stuff to pick up. Okay. What was your least favorite of all of these customer service jobs? I did telemarketing for maybe a week. (laughs) I lasted almost a week. I can't believe you lasted that long. was difficult people just you know yell at you and swear at you and it was just horrible they were not nice can you elaborate on was it like for a credit card company was it for a sales job were you selling timeshares this was like right when the internet was kind of starting and there this was what made it even harder was they were marketing websites to churches so you're like calling all these churches and they don't understand what you're doing. So the people are like scamming them, right? And I felt, I mean, I have a moral obligation not to scam someone. So I never wanted to make a sale because I felt like it was so scammy, right? And then there was something else, like they would switch all the time because they would like lose their contact list because they'd got in trouble or else they'd have to switch to something else. So then we ended up selling some other product. I can't even remember I can't remember what it was, but that's when people would just yell at you because the church people wouldn't yell at you, but you did feel like you were taking advantage of them so, so bad. But I can't even remember, but it was like, don't call me, take me off the list. F you go fuck your, you know, just mean meanness. And I don't blame them. I would, I mean, I've, hung up on telemarketers millions of times. Sure. So what did that come as a recommendation from a friend or what got you into that world? I think I saw that one in the paper. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Oh, yeah. So you lasted there a week. Yeah, that's when you just needed a job, you know? Yeah, that's real. But I didn't. I thought, oh, I'm going to get into sales and make huge commissions. And yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, is that what they offered you, though? I can't be a salesperson because I'm like, let's say I was trying to sell you something. I'd be like, hey, do you want to buy this thingy? And you'd be like, eh, no. And I'd be like, okay, bye. (laughs) I can't hard sell. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, no problem. Have a good day. Bye. (laughs) Is that how you handle, uh, this is unrelated, but I guess with hecklers and stuff, is that kind of how you handle it of the like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this. Uh, I will, I try to ignore or power through like 90% of the time, but if they're awful, I will, I'll come after them. You will. I'm not afraid to go after them. Yeah. Good. I for sure will. They're not Don't part of the show. With yeah, show. you're not in the Don't show. Why'd you come? No, this is my show. I've worked my ass off to get here. This is not your time. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's how I, I totally agree with that. Okay, so the, your least favorite was the telemarketing. Okay, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst you were on the clock? The weirdest thing I've been asked to do while on the clock. I don't know if this is considered on the clock or not. Share it anyway. Okay, I had a friend at a job who was kind of my boss, and she... (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. A weird story. Her aunt died, and they didn't find her for a couple days. And they took her out, and there was sort of a mess still of where she was. And they didn't want to pay the biohazard. Maggie! But they were willing to pay about half that to me. And I was like, I can do this. And I went in there with a lot of bleach and cleaning products and rolls and rolls of paper towel and plastic bags. And I cleaned it. So I don't know that. I mean, it wasn't like, I guess it was a job. It was like a side job, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I got a couple That's questions. That's the weirdest side job I've ever done. Yes, go ahead, please. Did you do it more than that one time? Were you? Did you become the, the default body cleaner upper person? Okay. No. Did she die under suspicious circumstances or was it a natural cause of death? She was an old lady and she, I think, I think she was in her bed and died on the, the floor next to her bed, like oh. got out of bed. And she was very old, very old. Okay. Lived a full life, a very full life. Okay. How did you know when the cleaning process was finished? Did they take all the furniture out or like what was the marker for now I'm done? Yep. yep. Everything was out of there. And once I got, do you really want to hear the yes, door of it? Yes. Okay. Once I got all the hair, blood and skin up, it was like dried up skin. Here I was thinking it was going to be poop and it's hair, blood and skin. Oh, because well, you're sitting there yeah. and so your body like yeah. pulls to the bottom and like the skin just sticks to the yeah. floor well, and they had to like peel her off. Oh, goodness. I'm so glad I asked. Um, you know what? I needed the money and it was good money and I did it. I held my breath and I just did it. Okay. So was the I smell, did. was the smell just next level horrific? The smell was gross. The smell was yeah. not good, but uh, <laughs> not it good. wasn't. <laughs> terrible once i started bleaching sure you know were you just throwing bleach like you didn't know what you were doing you weren't trained i was not trained <laughs> i just cleaned it like you'd clean any other mess up you know you are a trooper okay note to self hire maggie for you know some uh getting for rid biohazards. of biohazards yeah. and uh, untrained biohazards uh, i'll be there good okay good that's definitely the weirdest thing was there ever an incident that made them ask to speak to your manager at any of these jobs or have they talked to like, if you don't have a story like that, have they talked to a club owner about you? Like, I got to let you know about Maggie or like escalating oh, things. For sure, I've gotten complaints. I mean, I've done a million different server jobs and, you know, people are always unhappy. Not not everyone, you know, most yeah. people are just fine. But sometimes people you get rubbed the wrong way or like I worked at this um, comedy club in New York and, you know, it's a two drink minimum. And of course they charge you a million dollars per drink and they don't uh, understand that. And they sometimes will be like, no, I'm good with one. And you're like, well, you have to charge. You have to charge. I have to I charge, have to charge you, you for anyway. two. They start, they start arguing and they get mad. But the best part about that job was we had these ginormous bouncers that would stand right behind you while you yelled at them and said, pay your fucking bill. You owe <laughs> $47, pay your fucking bill. It says right on this menu and right on this sign, two drink minimum. This is the cheapest drink here. Pay your fucking bill. So it was fun because you could yell at them, you know, yeah. and really tell them off. Okay. And would you get tipped on the, t on the tables that you were yelling at? I can't remember if gratuity was included or not. I think they did like something where there was like a 10% gratuity, but then people could tip on top of that or something like that. I don't think it was terrible or great you know what i mean well and i've talked to other servers at clubs like when we have been more forthright and more direct and like pay your bill and like getting in people's faces sometimes there are men who will tip you more because they got a little bit you know because you were saucy yeah. with them and i was like that's yeah i guess i didn't notice that patterning but i'm like yeah that happened a few times where i was like that dude's gonna stiff me and then i ended up with like a 40 percent tip and i'm like huh Isn't that weird yes sometimes yes. they just need a firm yeah a firm Little finger in the face. Um, yeah, yep. that's right. Okay, wagging of the finger. Yeah. How long did you, uh, or how many like like waiting tables jobs did you have? Like like a billion? Oh, five or ten, I suppose. Okay. And ten. when did you decide hard out? I'm done waiting tables. Mm -hmm. Or did you? Did you have a moment where you were like, I'm out? 
No, because I actually just thought about it the other day. I'd be like, boy, it should be fun to pick up a shift like once a week somewhere. So, I mean, I would still probably do it. But uh, I think once I got a job with benefits, I was like, eh, all right, I'm done. Yeah, I get that. Were you ever stiffed when you were waiting tables? Of course. Of course. I remember these. I used to work at this bar and I worked like Wednesday. I had to work in the afternoon and there was no one there except this table of people who would just pull, pull tabs and they would just make a huge mess and they'd just spill all their food and drink all over and they would not, they would leave like, this was what, more insulting than not tipping. They would leave like 27 cents. We say this all the time. We say this all it's, the time. Keep your change. Keep your fucking 27 cents keep and shove it. it right up your ass. <laughs> so it's hard to be kind to those people because you see them every week, but I, you, you, I tried, I tried. Yeah. Oh, they were so rude to just dicks, you know, for no reason. Just no so, reason. Yeah. Y- yeah. There's that sense of like, no, I'm here all the time. I do what I want. And it's like, yeah, well, this is my job. So I don't know what yeah. we're doing here, but this ain't it. I mean, someone must have treated them very poorly because I don't think you can treat people that bad unless you feel like shit or someone's treated you that bad. That's right. You know? That's right. That's fair. What was the last straw that got you out of any job? Like, do you have a quitting story of any of these jobs where you were like, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm out? Or do you have, you're smiling. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I have an odd quitting story. And that is, I worked at this restaurant and um, I convinced everyone at the restaurant that we should all have a day and go to what is called the amusement park down here is called Valley Fair, which is like Six Flags, you know, it's amusement park. And so I was like, we should all go to Valley Fair. We should all go Valley Fair, right? So I come in the next day and they planned the Valley Fair trip on a day that I had to work. And I was so mad because it was my idea. I thought of it. I really wanted to go. And so the day that Valley Fair came, I just walked out. Because I was like, I want to go to Valley Fair. And so I left. And I went to Valley Fair. I was just going to did you go with them? Yes. Yes. I was like, you cannot go without me. This is my idea. So, yeah. And there was no reason to walk out of the job except for I wanted to go to Valley Fair. Which would have existed the next day or the day after that. But I understand the principle of it was you organized the damn day. You wanted to be there. I get it. My idea. It's my idea. It's your idea. Okay. Do you have any quitting? I don't think I've ever like screamed at a boss or anything oh, like okay. that. Any like up in arms. I'm out of here. This is bullshit. I don't think I've ever done that. I, I've have, you know, especially in my early 20s done like no call, no show, you know, just like meh, done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I get that. Is it when you were working at in these customer service jobs, like that specifically waiting tables, was there ever an incident where you were like, uh, you like a man was making an advance or there was some sort of something where he tried to cross a line? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not listen. She's pointing to her face and shaking her head and like looking at me like I'm a crazy person. No, no one makes advances on this. No, <laughs> I don't like that. No. I don't like that. I, someone will then <laughs> has you were married oh, for heaven's I, sakes. Now, now, well, I, yeah, I'm divorced now, but, um, yeah, no, now I have no problem, but I still don't, I'm not like a traditional, like pretty girl in that situation. Did you ever see that video clip of the waitress where the guy just grabs her butt and she, he's walking down and she's like trying to get her stuff, you know, like condiments and drinks and stuff. He did walks past, he grabs her butt 
she turns around and just slams him to the floor. And it's the best thing ever. And of course he claims, well, it's just an accident. I just brushed you. But on the camera, he's just like cupping her butt. And I'm like, yes, Good get for him. Her. Get Good him. for her. And of course the cops came, reviewed the video. He got arrested and his wife was at the table and didn't know what happened and was so mad. Yeah, no, just jerk face. So I love it like when things like that happen and people get caught, you know? Yeah, me too. It's not okay. People think, I mean, she was working at this restaurant that was super hot. So she did not have a ton of clothes on. But I mean, for good reason. She's working her butt off and sweating, right? But people think they can take advantage Mm -hmm. of that. And it's absolute bullshit. Yeah, they do. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you run... When you said... No, 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 you go, you go. When you said customer service something job and then it just reminded me i forgot that i worked at i worked at the dmv for one summer i gotta know i gotta know there are some angry people there that is some that is some delicate customer service work right there wait there are angry people on the customer side or on the employee side or oh, the customer side oh they're mad about what because oh I want to transfer my, my title. Did you bring your insurance card? Well, no. You mean I drove all the way down here and I don't have my insurance card? And you're not gonna let me tra- well, I can't let you transfer the title without your insurance card, blah, blah, blah. People are livid. They have to wait in line for an hour and then they didn't bring the right stuff. You mean I have to have my birth certificate for this? Why didn't you guys tell me? You're-? You know, they're mad. They're just always mad. So how do you, was there a piece of the training at the DMV that was like, hey, when someone inevitably loses it on you, here's how to count to 10 backwards or whatever the hell, like, did they have stuff like that? No, nothing like that. But they, it was, they did have like a chain of kind of things that you do. Like if, if the people won't really calm down, then you go get like a manager and that manager might have to go get security. And they oftentimes had to escort people out in security, could call the cops and oh, it would get nasty in there. Yeah, people, no one wants to be at the DMV. That's not a fun place to be at all. So what what made you attracted to that particular job? Because I feel like it's a very specific personality that could work at the DMV and like function okay and like go home and be okay. That's another one that I just saw in the paper. They were hiring and paid a good wage. And I was like, oh, it was nearby. And yeah. What you're saying is your family comes from a ton of wealth and you're just a spoiled little brat. And like, you know, you didn't have to work. You just chose all these fun jobs. That's what I'm hearing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. what I'm hearing. Okay. It was just for fun. Okay. Just for Funsies. stories. <laughs> it was for this podcast moment now. <laughs> now, right here. Okay. Yep. So you lasted at that job for three months, you said, or was it, you said a summer? Yeah, I think it was like a summer position. Like they needed extra people over the summer. And then I ended up transferring into like, the birth and death records and then and I stayed there for a little bit longer um and that was just people who were looking for birth certificates or death certificates or you know copies of those things and stuff like that oh that's interesting did you ever get like nobody was crabby there did they have interesting stories did they want to tell you about the person there was all kinds of like um I remember part of my job was transcribing they had these big old books from like the early 1900s with like calligraphy of written birth records you know and I remember I had to transfer all of those into birth certificates like handwritten that they would then type out but I was so worried because the handwriting was so like intricate and ornate that I was like I don't really know what this says so (laughs) I'm gonna guess Chaz Uh, (laughs) um 
Cramedy? Is that your name? Cramedy? Yeah. I know a lot. I was unsure of a lot of them. So hopefully those books still exist. And if people are doing ancestry work, they can go look at those books and not my translation of them. How long did you last in birth and death certificates? I think I was there maybe six months. Damn, Maggie, you have had a lot of jobs. Like you bounce. I know. You're a bunny rabbit. Do you want to know one job that I had really, really, really fast? Yeah. That you get a kick out of. Uh, I was a psychic friend. What? Yeah. You know, like where you call yeah. up and you're like, yeah. For, yeah, like the psychic hotline or whatever like that. And I didn't, I'm not a psychic. I mean, <laughs> how did sure, you get this? Okay, this is the greatest story of how I got the job is they were like, okay, we're going to call you tomorrow for a reading. And then if we like your reading, we'll hire you. And I was like, great. So they called me at like 530 in the morning and I was dead asleep. And I was like, oh, my God, you got to give me a minute. I'll call you back. So I hung up with them and I literally called the psychic hotline, got a reading. And then I gave that reading to them verbatim five minutes later. (laughs) And they were like, great, you're hired. (laughs) they're like you have this gift you've got the language down you must be you must be psychic totally and that you didn't have to be psychic at all it was all idiots calling about like common sense advice and so all you did was give them common sense advice i didn't last very long at that one either but they were like you know they were like oh my boyfriend just got out of jail and he's on parole and he punched a cop in the face. Do you think he's going to go back to jail? And I'd be like, mm, my yeah. sources are saying, yeah, he probably will. <laughs> you know, Comma. common sense stuff. Wait, is that like the average, if you could, I know you said you weren't there very long, but like, was that about the average of the types of questions you would get would just truly be things that you're like, come on, dummy. Idiotic. Idiotic. Wow. What do I do if I'm having a lot of stress in my life? <laughs> Um, maybe you want to get a hobby. Maybe you want to start gardening. Perhaps you want to eat better and exercise. Perhaps you want to go see a therapist or go to your doctor. You know, it just was common sense advice. That's fascinating that that, I mean, because you have said, and you strike me as this way, is that you have sort of like this moral bar where you don't want to be taking advantage of people and you want to like go along to get along. So did that dip into some of that? Or was it just because you were giving them advice on how to live better lives? You didn't feel any kind of way about it. Yeah, I don't think it was so bad because I, in a weird way, I was helping. Yeah, you were. There were really some dumb people on the line that really needed just some common sense advice. Wow. And I felt like I did a decent job giving them that, you know? And you, but you only lasted at that job for six months, you said? That one, I think, was even less. I, I think because it was so hard to keep people on the phone and you got paid per minute oh. that it didn't end up being all that much an hour. But I used to have confession time. I used to have friends come over and have them answer the line and enjoy <laughs> and just play. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Auntie Cleo. Auntie Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. What, what's her name? Uh, the, 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 Cle- I think it's Cleo. Yeah. yeah. Same, same. She doesn't want, I mean, all of them have been in like embroiled in scams and stuff from psychic friends because it's just a scam. I mean, I'm going to say it. You're paying for crap. You know, there might be some legit people out there doing it, but mostly it's crap. So would you ever, don't waste your, would you do that again? Given, given the, the right circumstances? 
I mean, I would, sure, I would, I'm, I'm game for anything, but I wouldn't do it as a job job. You know, mm-hmm. I'd do it for entertainment for like an hour or something like that, but I would never do that as a job job. No. There's, there's a movie that needs to get written around the, like the scam. I can't believe there hasn't, maybe there has been one that's been written, but like the scam of the psychic friends and how you like the lives sure. you all have outside of that. I keep lumping you in. You're a psychic friend to me now, Maggie. <laughs> well, seriously, you I mean, I, and I'm not like, I like like tarot card readings and like sure. things that are, you know, metaphysical stuff. But I do think some of that, you know, like Teresa Caputo stuff. I mean, is was that her name? The yes, I name? love her. Do you think okay, she's not legit? She might have a little bit of crap, you know? I mean, <laughs> she. it's a lot like leading and intuition and you know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever. I, and it's entertaining. It's very fun. But I, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on that. Oh, and I think she there's this guy named Tyler who has a series on Netflix now. And I think a session with him because he got in, in with the celebrities. I think a session with him is like five grand or something insane. And he comes to your house. He'll fly to you. Like, I mean, you he, know, I could never do that because I just said what a fraud I am. So <laughs> no one would ever believe me. They did up this podcast. Now you I can't fly in, Maggie. <laughs> Although I did. Wait, I've got one more weird one for you. Yes, I did. Um, I got hired to do this dog event where I read doggo cards, like tarot cards, but doggo cards, which I made. It was like two of bones and five of tails. And yeah, that was really fun. Uh, I'll bet. Uh, Did you just, that was a one-off? Yeah, that was a one-off. I was hoping they would hire me for more stuff, but they never did. You know, I think they paid me like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something for the night, but I made these cards, laminated them. I still have them. They're like tarot cards, but for dogs. Damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, and I want to, I have to know, is there a tip that you would give to people that are going to the DMV because you've worked there in the past where you're like, Hey, if you say this or you behave this way, they're more likely to overlook some of the nonsense forms you got to bring or some, are there any loopholes with a little bit of honey? I would say no, they're strict as hell. And like, I think what you have to make sure is like if you call first and wait on hold for an hour and figure out exactly what you need to bring, just bring exactly those things. You're not going to get around it. You can't. It's the DMV. They won't accept anything but. Well, that's disappointing. You could have lied there, Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to? I can do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Take two. So Maggie, no, I'm kidding. Um, Okay. Oh yeah. They'll do whatever you want if you slip them a hundo. For sure. (laughs) They they don't mind. They'll get you Good. That's all I needed. <laughs> As, um, I've already asked you that. Are you a tipper? Oh yeah. 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 What's your base? Oh, I mean, I will tip 20 to 30% for sure. To 30%. Damn. Absolutely. Absolutely. People are out there working hard. They have families. They can, things are expensive. They can barely afford anything. And yeah, I, that's a hard job and people can be such jerks and yeah. I, You know, whenever I was waitressing, there were always, you know, bad, bad tippers. And then there were some really great tippers and it would kind of even out. And I feel like I'm just trying to get you to an even out point. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes, I'm a great tipper. I will tip very well. Is there a situation in which if someone like is disparaging to you or there's some sort of circumstances where you absolutely will tip zero? No, I would tell them. I would talk to them. I would say something. I would say, you know, I really didn't appreciate blah, blah, blah but then I would still tip 
15 at least. It's so funny. I All of us who have worked in restaurant jobs consider giving 15% giving zero. So all of us are like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll give 15% because we think that's so insulting. <laughs> but we I won't give zero. I, had, I hired movers and they were the absolute mo- worst movers in the world. And they, I caught them. I took a picture of them just sitting in the back of their box truck, sitting on my couch on their phone for like 10 minutes, right? And they were terrible. They broke a bunch of my furniture and they were just lazy. They were awful. And I still tipped them. Really? I complained. I called and I said, you have very poorly trained workers. And I bitched them out, the the company. But the guys, I still tipped them. Well, here's the thing. They have your address. They know what yeah. you look like. They know what your car yeah. is. So I do think that there's a little bit of an extortion without it actually being overt extortion. There's a little bit going on of like, you know what? I'm about to tip you because you know where I reside. <laughs> being safe. That's just being safe. Just being, just being prudent. Yeah. And have you ever been, well, we sort of, we talked about that. Um, have you ever been oh, like openly fired? I know you quit to go to the amusement park. Um, but like, have you ever, where they were like, Maggie, get your shit, get out of here. You got to go. I've been fired one time and that was the Saints Paul, St. Paul Saints professional baseball team as the public address announcer announcer. Why did you get fired? Um, I said some regretful things on the microphone. Oh no. No, they were very encouraging of me to be myself. And every time I would say, kind of on the line stuff they were like oh my god we love it keep doing it blah 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 and then and I said something that was just a little over the line and the next day they called me in and they were like uh we have decided to go in a different direction and we will walk you to your car and I was like what and waterworks yeah I was so sad I'd never been fired before I still haven't been fired oh do you I was and it was a fun job. It was a really fun job. Can you, if you're not comfortable saying what you said, would could you hint at what you said that made them? Okay. Can I say that it is a different time now yes. and that I regret it completely and I feel very bad and sad and I would never do this again. But they did this bit where when the pitcher and the catcher would like go to the mound and talk about like the stuff like let's say the pitcher's having a hard time. The catcher would go up and be like, what do we do? I don't even know what they said, but they would do this bit where they said, let's turn on the secret microphone on the mound and listen to what they say. And so that was your job to be like, hey, where do you want to go eat? And uh, let's go to Carl Jr's. Uh, I don't really want to eat there. I don't like your chicken. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we happen to be playing the Japanese ex- exhibition team at this game. And I said, this is what I said. I said, Sony is best brand of TV. And then I said, no, Toshiba is much better. And I did that about five times. And then I got complaints from all of a lot of Asian people, rightfully so. But what they did make me do is they made me call and apologize to every single person that complained before they fired me. Like if I knew they were going to fire me, I I don't think I would have done it because those people just reamed me out and I was bawling on the phone talking to him just like you the Asians have been so discriminated against and the way you acted was terrible blah blah and I was like yes I realized that I'm sorry blah 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 but so I, I, I it was a different time and place and I'm not saying that to excuse myself I should not have done it I should not have said it but um yeah that's that's the story were they offended because you donned an accent or were they offended because it, it, 
Oh, oh and okay. like stereotypical. Sure. And, and Sony and Toshiba are, you know, I don't know, Asian brands. They yeah. were very mad. I mean, I don't they get to, mad. I guess I don't get, to, I'm not Asian. I don't get to comment on it, but I mean, that's vulnerable of you sharing it here. So well done you. And you have since made amends for it repeatedly and you lost your job. So, you know, whatever you live, you learn. Absolutely. Have you since, you know, written different bits that you're like, that would have been funnier if I would have said that then. Cause I would have relived that moment 6,000 times and been like, Oh man, this would have been more clever. Or I could have said that. I'm not asking you to do them now. I just mean like, Oh, you know what? I probably don't really, I hadn't really thought about it afterwards. I yeah. was like, I mean, I just did it and that's what came out. And I didn't really, I didn't really go back and think about different scenarios about it. I yeah. Guess. It's just painful. And I used to say all kinds of crap. Like they would be like, okay, you need to mention that Missy and Doug are getting, they just got engaged. And I'd be like, congratulations to Missy and Doug who just got engaged. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, half of all the marriages end in divorce. <laughs> you know, I'd say stuff like that, which was, you know, on the edge. And I I did all kinds of stuff like that and they loved it. So I think I was just trying to be a little more edgy. I don't even know. Who knows well, at this point? But And you kind of don't know where the line is until you cross it. And then you're like, well, yeah. this is, you know, I've, I've crossed it. It. I found it. There it was. Yeah. So yeah. do you miss that? Job? And the other guy, the other guy they hired is like a total like Ryan Seacrest ass kisser kind of guy and he fits perfectly. So it was just fine. Eh, whatever. Uh, do you miss yeah. it? It was a really fun job. I would have liked to do that job for a long time. It was a very fun job. It is what it is. Yeah. I want the different things, you know? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I wouldn't say I miss it. I don't miss it, but I... I would have enjoyed going further with it. Sure. And can you describe either the worst customer that you personally have interacted with or an archetype of who is the worst customer to interact with? Oh, I just think there's so many. <laughs> you see it all the time. There's so many like entitled people that are just so privileged and have nothing better to do than just bitch about that it's not warm enough. My girlfriend was telling me a story about when she was waitressing and um, this lady ordered mashed potatoes and she said, these mashed potatoes are too lumpy. Can you take them back? And I, she goes, they're very busy in the kitchen right now. And she's like, but they're so lumpy. And so she said she went to the other side of the room and took a fork and just went <laughs> and she goes, say when? <laughs> And she just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until the lady was like, when? And then brought him back. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I'm like, that is when? But like, I mean, how can you bitch about there's lumps in my vein? It's a fucking potato. It's not going to be, you know, 100% smooth. I also think if you're looking for an experience to have to match perfectly your view of the world and your view of experiences, stay home because that's the only environment you can control yes it's keeping you in trouble in every situation yes you, you have to let go a little bit so people who need that much control and are that entitled are just it's a recipe for disaster and to have to kiss their asses is just hard you know and that's Soul what crushing. you have to do in that kind of job sometimes kind of suck it up and oh that's yeah. that's the that's the crappy part about customer service tip jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So would you say the worst? So if I were to summarize what you said, the worst customer is that like, I need to control this experience top to bottom and my expectations are here. And if you don't match them, I'm going to make you match them. Yeah. And rude about it, rude you know, about for it, no yeah. reason. Be rude. I worked at Starbucks in New York too. And there was just a million different times that like celebrities would come in and just be so entitled. And then other celebrities were so nice. nice. So it's 
but you just never know, you know. Who's the nicest celebrity you worked or that you waited on at Starbucks? Uh, his name was Peter Scolari. He was in Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks and he is now deceased, but he was the nicest man I ever talked to. I mean, he learned my name the first day, called me by my name every day and was like, how are you? And like genuinely, genuinely interested and just the sweetest man ever. I love that. Just acknowledging you as a human and making an effort. It just makes yes. a difference. So sweet. And just talking about stuff and he'd stop and like stay there and chit chat <laughs> with me. And he was just a very nice man. Very nice man. I love that. Well, that makes a great transition because we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? And you can't say Peter remembering your name because that was nice, but it wasn't the nicest. You got to come up with something else. The nicest thing that a customer's ever done. This is always the hardest question for people and it makes me so sad. Why is it so hard? Because it's, it's, because it's so rare. Like if we're honest. I mean, I, I remember having customers that, especially at Starbucks, who were very appreciative of you being there every day and them saying that, you know, that I just really appreciate coming in here and, and you being so kind and talking and stuff like that. Um, honestly, I can't. Yeah. This is it often is hard. This is, this is the hardest question for everyone. And it makes me sad. That's why I keep it in yeah. there. Cause I want people to hear like, wow, this is not the stuff that's top of mind because it's so rare. So that's, that's that. kind of shocking. Yeah. You'll think of it in the middle of the night. And you'll be like, oh, shit, I should have said Probably. this. But okay. Um, it's not a cold day. <laughs> you totally can't. Okay. So um, can you think of the best time you ever had in any of these jobs? Like a moment where you were like, I am loving what I'm doing. Like this moment right here is it. I mean, I think I always have fun kind of dealing with people just because I love joking around and playing. And those who are into it, you know, you can tell right away. And who's going to bite, you know, and who isn't. And so once you find those people that are, are, are fun and going to bite that it's, it's great. It's one of my favorite things ever. Like I experienced it this summer working at the French fry booth, just being playful and having fun and just getting people engaged. And I really enjoy that a lot. But one summer I worked at this restaurant and they had a, a rooftop uh, patio with a bar up there and when it would close all the employees would go up there and the owner didn't know that we drank all the booze and stayed up until dawn and just partied and enjoyed and that was probably one of the most fun summers I've ever had just partying enjoying yeah. you know and and hanging out with all the other servers and getting to know people and oh, hearing all the wild stories and that was super fun. I love that. Okay. And then last two questions. What's the best lesson you have personally learned from working in customer service? The thing I think is most important is like you just learn to treat people as you'd want to be treated, you know, and you can spot people a mile away who've never worked in customer service, the 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 people that are rude and and entitled and don't get it. And I, I think it makes a huge difference now. Like when I go out, how, I mean, I'm always, I always try to be kind to people no matter what. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't click with people, but there's no reason to be an asshole. That's know? right. And I think that's the most important. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. What isn't that the golden rule? One would think. Yeah. And last question, what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? 
go work in customer service <laughs> Come for on. a week or two. Come Figure on. it out. <laughs> Just get perspective, you dumbass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they have no idea. They I have love no it. idea. Get some perspective, no dumbass. That's right. I love it. Nobody, you know, when you're waiting tables and they're like, um, I'm a raff of ketchup or whatever it is. But um, they don't realize you have eight other tables that you are running your butt off trying to get them, uh, you know, a ramekin of pickles or whatever it is. You're just running, 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 running. And they'll be like, <laughs> it's just get some perspective you know we are busy we are trying our best we're still in a good mood and uh we're there to help you so don't be an asshole don't be an asshole that's right whoa maggie how can people yeah. get in touch with you by the time this airs your album tougher, tougher than a honeybee will already be out yeah. so how can people support you get the album what are your socials blah 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 tell us all the things yeah, go buy it on iTunes, uh, Tougher Than a Honeybee. And then uh, I'm Extreme Maggie on everything. Uh, I'm very active on TikTok. I, um, my website's Extreme Maggie. I also have a, a sketch show on YouTube called Dyke It Yourself, where I play a very butch lesbian. I know it's a huge stretch. Um, I play a butch lesbian that does DIY projects, but I never, ever finish a project. I just get in a fight with my producer and um, <laughs> which is so funny. my character's name is Hillary Clint, which I <laughs> think is the best character name ever. So uh, watch that and Extreme Maggie on everything. Okay. Everything. Okay. And get your album on iTunes. And okay. Whoa, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. It won't be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks, Maggie, for being on. You were a delight. This was so much Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I can't believe how many stories I had stored up in there that Isn't, I forgot about. You know? It's this is that's one of the things that everyone says over and above not being able to think of the nicest thing a customer has done for them. People are always like, oh, damn, I forgot about that. And I forgot about that. And I'm like, that's right. That's what happens. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, maybe leaving ginormous tips is is the nicest thing people have done. Yeah. That's why I'm really there. I'm trying to make some money. Let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. That's why any of us is doing it. Um, yeah. Thank you folks so much for listening. Good night. Thanks so much, Maggie. You were great. You totally got it. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun, you know, thinking of all those stories. That's crazy. Feels like a lifetime ago. It's funny to hear people. Yeah, it's neat to watch. I've I've had the privilege to interview a couple comics right before they broke. And then listening back to those episodes. And I'm like, oh, it's so crazy to think you had no idea. And you were talking about these jobs that were like crushing your spirit. And then something took off for you. And it was like, oh, great. I don't have to. So maybe you'll you'll get that luck. Maybe something. Oh, let's hope so. Life's funny like that, isn't it? Sell all those albums. (laughs)